One don't, of my favorite ones is roustabouts. Yeah. <laughs> don't be talking out loud about no Jasper. Yeah. <laughs> just like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Yeah. No. So the hey, it, but it, I will say that that um, you know I think the difference and that the real difference is and and you probably mm-hmm. so I'm interested to hear what you say, Gus. But um, I think that the the big difference is. You know those people from the 70s or 80s, right. and you knew how they were, how are they now? Right. No, exactly. Like, have they Have they changed? Have they? Have no, they... they wear red hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of them the, do. Going back to the environment I grew up in, I couldn't express that because some of my best friends, again, they were dropping the terms like faggot, homo, and it, you like... Like uh, Mr. Han was saying, you can't feel comfortable even around your best friends stating that, which to me, and I know Jay wanted to talk about this big in the 90s and early 2000s, is that a lot of the guys uh, were, I think, like closeted or they they were fighting their own feelings because being raised by boomers, Mm -hmm. we were instilled with that. Oh, you can't like that because that's mm-hmm. gay, yeah. which I think even rolls back to the earlier because they were raised by a generation who was illegal to be gay mm-hmm. and it was immoral. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you're called a sodomite right? and they would try to beat it out of you. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of men that were raised in the 50s and 60s were were almost they, like they couldn't express their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So since they were beating the gay out of them, I guess mm-hmm. they tried to do that to their kids too, it's, which again, it's that vicious cycle. Exactly. Yeah. So which was what we talked about. It's that generational trauma and cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I wasn't raised by my father, he was the epitome to me of toxic masculinity because the times I did spend with him, mm-hmm. uh, he showed me my first playboy, which was the one with Vanessa Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Vanessa, one that got her, um, her I was title. From her, exactly. Uh, yeah, her, her so, Miss Universe title. So he, he showed me that for the very first time. He was the one that told me, uh, and again, I apologize for the language. He goes, oh, you got to eat the pussy. That was his that was his sex talk to me. My father sat down instead of telling me the birds and the bees, you know, man, woman, he's like, Oh, you gotta eat the pussy. That was his sex talk to me. <laughs> yeah. That pretty much sounds like grabbing uh, grabbing right by the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's what it sounds like. And right? exactly. So he was the prototypical drunk mm-hmm. womanizer because he he left my mother because he was he was cheating on her. Yeah. And left her with four kids. Mm-hmm. And then with his with the woman he he left my mother for he cheated on her constantly, yeah. all the time. He would go out, get drunk. He'd disappear for a day or two. And the typical thing for him was work all week, and then on Friday, go hang out with his buddies and drink two cases of beer, mm-hmm. yeah. and then drive home, oh, man. which was the norm back then. Yeah, you know, Which is funny, because now DUI is so big thing. Back then, the cop would pull you over and just tell you, pull to the side, take a cab home, or sleep it off. Yeah, Sit in your car, sleep it off, and then you can go home. You know, which is horrible to think. You know what's the fucked up thing is that your dad is pretty much James Bond without the everything. (laughs) But if you think about it, because the cool spy bit without without the everything, without the ethics, he's yeah. So because like you know, as you said, like you know, the constant drinking, how he treats women, violence, and all that. Yeah, he's pretty much like darkest timeline James Bond. Right, and then (laughs) when I we also I grew up in an environment where they used to. They, they used to play a game called Body Count. Mm-hmm. 
I can tell you, I guess you can guess what that is, but yeah. to explain it, it was basically how many women you could fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much could you get your body count up? Like I w I lost my virginity at 16. I didn't have coitus mm -hmm. until the first time until I was 16 with a childhood girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I was the, I guess say late bloomer. All my friends had already done it. Yeah. And I, I found myself using the girl in Canada, the girlfriend in Canada right, thing. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I've been with a girl too, but you don't know her. She doesn't live around here. See, yeah. Mine lived in Connecticut though. Right. Because my father lived in Danbury, Connecticut. I mean, that was like that was like Canada. <laughs> but also it's, that's it's, a lot it's more a big, realistic. Listen, you have not lived until you moved to California from LA mm -hmm. and and someone says, Hey, do you want to come up? To Wait, Santa? to move from California to L.A.? I'm mean, sorry, you move from <laughs> Connecticut to L.A. <laughs> and somebody says, you want to come up to Santa Barbara for the weekend? Well, how far is this? About two hours. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. if that's like going from New York well, to Connecticut. See, Forget it. See, the thing is, depending on where in Connecticut, because him yeah. and Danbury was only about a 45-minute drive from right. Brooklyn. Yeah, I, but, I lived way up north. No, but, but going back to that, so and that was another story for another time. It was a kind of like black and white environment to me, going mm -hmm. to the suburbs and spending a week there yeah. and coming back to the inner city. Mm -hmm. But again, going back to my friends, and it was like that in the whole neighborhood, like the older guys would would make fun of like the the younger kids calling yeah. them names mm -hmm. and it was just because so they can show their they would they would pick on and try to beat up the younger kids mm -hmm. and unfortunately a couple of my friends they grew up listening to that and then were that same way mm -hmm. that's a lot of time why uh, me and my childhood friends kind of like around the junior high school age mm -hmm. we split ways because yeah. as we've said before junior high school boys are dicks oh yeah and so i went more of trying to be the sensitive soul yeah and because that's who i was mm -hmm. uh to them going to the opposite direction of smoking pot and trying to fuck as many girls as they can. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, was I, 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 not that I wanted to save myself for someone special, but already at like 12, 13 years old, I knew that I wanted to be married before I had kids. Yeah. You know, because it was not my pro, it was not my environment. It was, everybody was not that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be married before I had kids. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. You know, I didn't want to, just make a kid. I wanted to plan it. And I was, the and I, exactly. Yeah. So it, and then going into high school, I started playing football and in football in any, in any athletics, but before we go back, before I'm a, before we hit my high school years and I'm going to be brief on that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Jesse from Make It a Combo. Thanks for listening to the Minorities Report. But don't forget to listen to our podcast, Make It a Combo, where we watch movies and have fun. Also, make sure you check out MI Slut, hosted by Andrea, where she gets down to the nitty gritty of people's sex life. And we're back. Thank you guys for continuing to hang out with us. So I was going into my high school years. My high school years, I started playing football. And if you've ever played, again, that's why I said I'm, I'm like the undercover. I was behind the scenes. I know the insides. Uh, if you ever played organized athletics, it's very toxic. It's very fucking. Were you? Did you prefer to be the center? Or no, the quarterback? no, no. I was actually the quarterback. <laughs> I was I was actually the quarterback until until the coach made a decision, stupidest decision yeah, he ever made. Were. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, until he made the stupidest decision and took me out of quarterback and put me at tight end. Uh, I know. Make but, a joke um, about that too. Haha. -ha. No, <laughs> and it was because I. It was funny because when I played quarterback, we won every game I played. And then when he took me out, knocked me down to third string, we lost every game. 
and not saying that I'm better than anybody, but I'm left-handed, so they don't see that coming. Yeah. So you roll the opposite way, so you already got a head start on them. Yep. And not only that, the football, the, the quarterback he replaced me with would point to the receiver that he was throwing it to. Like he would literally point to them. So right before he threw the ball, he would point to them. I'm like, dude, you're telling them where you're throwing it. <laughs> it's like, but going in, and I went to a school that was 98% black, a high school. And I'm not exaggerating. Jay has seen my high school yearbook. I was, I was the dot <laughs> inside that school. You could, you could picture, you could point me out in any picture. Uh, and so being that I was one of the few that were not black, it was, it was even more toxic because they would try to, and again, I always had to grow up because I was a smaller kid. Up until I graduated high school, I weighed the most about 145 pounds. I'm not the voluptuous man that I am today. And, <laughs> and I was about five, six, five, seven. And they would either pick on my height or, you know, because I was smaller. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn how to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And you know who taught me how to throw a punch and fight? Your sister? Yep. <laughs> and, that's, and, that, and that's not a joke, literally. No, like, literally. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. the one that taught me how to play baseball. Yeah. She was the one that took, because she played on a softball team, mm -hmm. and she taught me how to play baseball. Right on. And so I, I had, because I had no father figure. I had a friend in the neighborhood, an older kid, teach me how to ride a bike. Mm -hmm. So. But you also had a, um, he recently passed. I had a mentor. Yeah, His mentor, name yeah. was Carlos Parks. He was an amazing person. He, he was the very first black person I ever met that spoke Spanish because he was Costa Rican. Mm -hmm. So he was probably one of the most intelligent people I knew growing up. He uh, served in the military. He was in the U.S. Army. And he, uh, he was in Germany. So he not only spoke English and Spanish, he also spoke German. Mm. You know, he was trying to teach me the basics of German. So ich bin, you know, it, it was ein, zwei, drei, vier, fünf. He taught me some of the cuss words. Did he say, I am the donut? <laughs> no, that's, yeah. I, ich, ich bin ein Berliner. Right, right. <laughs> no, so he was teaching me that. He also told me kind of the basics of architecture because he was also an architect. So mm -hmm. he was a well-rounded person. His family were very intellectual. Mm -hmm. They also served the community a lot. And I think that's why it kind of got my... Uh, inspiration to serve the community because mm -hmm. he, uh, his, him and his family started. We had a lot of empty lots in my neighborhood. On my mm -hmm. block, there were like five because mm -hmm. houses would burn down or get knocked down. Mm -hmm. And they started a community garden. And so all the kids in the neighborhood would go there and they would teach them work ethic because they would mm -hmm. teach them to plant the, you know, plant the tomatoes and cucumbers mm -hmm. or whatever, then wait, water them, harvest them. And they taught us that. Yeah, and that's why I know a little bit about that right myself now. There's a pretty noble duty right there. Yeah. Well, and they did it out of their own pocket. There was no community center. There was no donations. They did it all out of themselves. Yeah. And one of the most interesting was his brother was like this world traveler. Uh, he showed me pictures of him in Egypt and all mm -hmm. that. But also, Carlos Pox is also the, the uh, what uh, again, another person who had to mask because he was gay. Mm -hmm. But he didn't come out like till his 50s. Yeah. because he couldn't you yeah. know yeah because it wasn't expected of him he was yeah, this really? tall he was this tall black man and when i say black homie was wesley snipes right, right. and uh and but he he lived in an environment where that wasn't okay yeah. uh it, well and so during my time in the football team in high school i was told that you know it was a lot of not the whole stereotypical you had the you know snapping towels and all that 
but you had to be the strongest to weightlifting and compete against. It was constant competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I can lift more than you. All and, the flexing, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, living in a predominantly minority neighborhood, it's it's. I think it's even worse mm-hmm. because it's all about competition. Again, oh, the, yeah. the body mm-hmm. count thing. Mm-hmm. Who has the yeah. bigger? Who has the biggest dick? It was always about my dick, and it's, it's what we were talking about yeah. earlier, where you're going to touch base on. Yeah. It's the it's the closeted homoerotic things. Yeah. Like when I was growing up. We He Man, yeah. He Man was the big cartoon, <laughs> yeah. and that was so homoerotic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was half naked and yeah. wrestling each other, and mm-hmm. you know, all sweaty, oiled up men. And <laughs> I mean, it's true. It yeah. was very homoerotic for a cartoon. He's and making it, noises like, yeah. I have to hide my true identity, Prince Adam, He Man. I can't tell anyone that I'm He Man. Yeah. yeah. That and, is such an allegory, and it has yeah. to, and he has to be so masculine, masculine that he has to say "he man," right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh yeah, he you know, man, right. Where, yeah. where it's funny because it touches base on what we're going to talk about in the nineties, mm-hmm. where he had to, he was effeminate when he was Prince Adam, yeah, right. Gosh, golly, and all right. that shit. Mm-hmm. But then when he was He Man, he had to act ultra male, right, although yeah. he was naked and wrestling men right. as He Man. <laughs> <laughs> and all and all he did as Adam was hang around with his cat. <laughs> so, you know, hey, uh, battle cat, get it right. <laughs> still a pussy. <laughs> hey, at least he got some pussy. Uh, yeah. So, um. You know, the 80s was sort of the the onset of the miniseries. Yeah. And uh, one of the miniseries that I really loved was Shogun. Oh, with oh, Richard Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Richard Chamberlain is in the hot tub. And, the, you know, after, like, the, the Japanese consigliere basically says, get in the tub or I'm going to break your wrist. Wow. <laughs> so he gets in the tub and he's, he's enjoying his bath. And uh, the geisha comes up to him and says, would you, would you like a woman for pillowing right and he says no of course not you know it's like like somebody offering a a prostitute of course not he says she says i didn't mean to insult you would you perhaps prefer a boy and it was like i'm no god cursed sodomite sodomite fast forward (laughs) richard chamberlain is gay five years later i walk into a restaurant uh called uh oh sorry I walk into a restaurant on, in Beverly Glen Boulevard, and I think it's called The Rose at Beverly Glen. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful restaurant. I walk in there uh, with my girlfriend, and Richard Chamberlain is holding court. Hello. In a very <laughs> flamboyant way. And he, like everybody he walks who walks in the door, he's like sizing well, them up and he, stuff. He's also, the, the what we were talking about before, the, the icons of masculinity that had to act like they were right. straight. Right, uh, right. Fully like, wore a mask in yeah. Hollywood oh, for yeah. a long time. Like in mm-hmm. Thornbirds. Yeah. He was in the Thornbirds. Yes, he was. Yeah. He but played that, a priest. See, that made it even worse yeah. because he was a priest grooming a young girl. Yep. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he goes into the whole Rock Hudson and, you know, Mm. uh, George Takei that had to mask his whole career, too. Actually, yeah. George, actually, Rock Hudson came up to one of his co stars when he was on Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but, and the thing is that, George Takei, to use an example from going to zero to 60, or zero to 100, because he was like always closeted. Then when he came out, Boom! Yeah, I'm showing the world. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, no. So he went from Rock Hudson to Elton John in a snap. <laughs> no. So going back to the, I 80s, think he was more of an Errol Flynn, but okay. <laughs> going back to the '80s, it was, it was a, uh, 
uh, a time where, yeah, AIDS was an epidemic. So even if you you couldn't come out even if you wanted to because then all right mm-hmm. all of a sudden people wouldn't even want to touch you mm-hmm. because you were gay so you had aids mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. as soon as you said you were gay you had aids mm-hmm. so in high school again growing up in that ultra masculine uh organized sports mm-hmm. it was it was kind of like what we were talking about that you're going to touch on jay where mm-hmm. everything was really really homoerotic mm-hmm. But you weren't so, like you pants people, yeah. you know, you would grab them by the nuts yeah. or hit them. It mm-hmm. was always something that had to do with the male genitalia. Right. But uh, they weren't gay. Uh, no, I think you 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 are. They're trying to have it both ways. <laughs> right. Yeah, no pun intended. Where it's um, they would mock gay people. They would mock anything that would they consider feminine. But meanwhile, they're like, you know, doing like the nut tap. Yep. Uh, game or like pantsing <laughs> or, or, or yeah or yeah or uh what was it called? just doing gay sh- gay Ooh, so much gay uh, stuff our, our thing was cup check yeah cup check in oh sports God, the first <laughs> right. time the first time someone cup checked me yeah i grabbed their hand and i kicked them right in the face yeah i was like are you out of your fucking mind yeah. seriously don't don't be hitting me in my balls, well, man. Because not for fu- for fun. Who the fuck does that for fun? Well, yeah. I was just, I just, or, I or, just, I never understood that. Yeah. Or have you guys ever noticed that? I don't know that dichotomy of like friends playing gay with each other, but mm-hmm. as soon as they meet someone who's actually gay, they get scared. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's an. That's what I was actually gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna because <laughs> I was like, weren't you playing to do the same thing like two days right. before? In that era. That I grew up and one of my best friends growing up, which shocker, he was toxic as a as a young man and now he's a Trump supporter. So that's not really a shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is his name, Kevin. So <laughs> <laughs> we had a gay kid in our school in high school. We went to the same high school, and he he was also Puerto Rican. But the gay kid would all, always talk to us, and it didn't come off even as flirty, mm-hmm. and not to me, and because y'all don't give a fuck what he does, just don't be touching me. I'm like calm down who says he wants you yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah. that's another it, thing that's, that's actually what I was going to ask you guys like have you guys ever gotten that uh, phrase like the typical uh, yeah I don't care that you're gay just don't hit on me right yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. you are not at risk <laughs> thank right. you yeah well, we, we, we spoke about that yeah. in like our previous episodes but really? like it's always with straight guys they yeah. always say I don't care if they're gay just don't hit on me yeah. like yeah, right. you okay well first of all what makes you think that you're at the top of the list yeah well, and, 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 and well, nobody you... wants your crusty ass <laughs> right 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 yeah. hey I do want to say though uh-huh. as, as someone who does like to hit on men mm-hmm. um, that creates a big barrier right because you don't want that kind of rejection Coming your way. You don't want that from anybody. It's like a straight person going up to a person of the opposite sex and saying, hey, I really like you and being shut down right. for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But especially if you just misread this person's gender identity entirely mm-hmm. right. and, and you serve or sexual orientation entirely, you um, and and you, you say, hey, I really like you. And he says, well, I don't roll that I way. Don't, I don't roll that way <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever his... You know, uh, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. as part of toxic masculinity, a lot of men use very condescending and demeaning terms yeah. to to turn that kind of an advance down. Right, and it's too bad because if you know if they walked up to a beautiful woman right. and said, "Hey, I really like you," and she says. Yeah, I don't date you for whatever reason. Right, right. You know, they're all butthurt. About well, that goes it. into yeah. the, that goes into another toxic thing too, where mm-hmm. it, you've seen it time and again, and I'm sure all of you experienced it—not yourselves, but other people you've seen. 
they're like, yo, what's up, girl? You're hot. I love to fucking hang out with you. And she goes, oh, I'm not interested. I go, fuck you. You're a bitch anyway. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. a fucking lesbian. Right. Or the that, typical, that whole like heel turn, right? Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fuck you. You probably got a dirty cunt anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like, the, dude. Yeah, the, right. typical, the typical, hey, hey. Hey, hey, good morning, beautiful. Oh, Fuck you, God. bitch. I'm a nice guy. Oh, the DMs? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, bro. I, I know so many girls I'm a nice guy and no, no girl ever wants me. Fuck them bitches. I'm a nice guy. Oh, the intel. Yeah. The we're going to so, yeah. yeah. talk in the next So episode. I do want to yeah. say, though, and this goes back to the 70s talk we had. Right. Here's all this gearhead shit that I'm into and all this masking. Oh, it's also like a big downhill skier, like a uh, thrill seeker mm-hmm. type rock climber and everything. <laughs> but... But also, you know, not straight and uh, and a nice guy. Right. And so many women that I that I attempted to date at the time, not interested in that right. nice guy. Mm-hmm. Found out found out that despite all this cool masculine stuff I did, mm-hmm. I don't project that norm. Not interested. Well, like see, immediately. Yeah, the thing is, and that that was uh, we Jay and I were talking about how the toxic masculinity spread. Be, I think more because of the era of movies that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about Porkies. Yeah, Porkies. They were all degenerates. They all they were trying oh, yeah. to do was sexually assault girls. They were all a bunch of Brock Turners, yep. and like it really is disgusting when people try to wax poetic about that movie. Right. Straight up. Like, yeah. and, and it's like, oh man, that movie was so funny. You know, those are the times back in the day and everything. Yeah. I was like, okay, first of all, I think you should be put on a fucking watch list <laughs> for still trying to wax poetic. Okay, but, I, like I get it. Like you grew up on that movie, fine. But take off the nostalgia blinders and just see it for what it is. If you if you go back to the 80s and watch the majority of the quote-unquote teen movies, yeah. they were all over-sexualized. Uh, guys always trying to get laid, mm-hmm. going on spring break to try to fuck as many girls as they could. That was a movie called Spring Break. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Last American Virgin. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen that one. Mm-hmm. It's all The whole premise of the movie is for the friends to try to get their last friend laid before yeah. they go to college because they've all had sex. Mm-hmm. And... He, he uh and he's the sensitive soul the the mm-hmm. the warm shy mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. of his group of friends and they're toxic as fuck his friends yeah. oh we got to get you laid and it's always constantly about how to get him laid mm-hmm. isn't that uh, the plot of american pie we're gonna get we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into that but in this movie the kid he he fall, he's in love with his friend's girlfriend but his friend treats her like shit Mm -hmm. like absolute garbage that put it this way he gets her pregnant and they're supposed to go on this senior ski trip and he breaks up with her and yells at her before he goes on the ski trip and so fuck around with the girls but because she also told me she was pregnant so the sensitive guy uh goes and helps her he sells his stereo equipment he sells half the stuff he has or pawns it to help her get an abortion Mm -hmm. and then they fast forward. He's in love with her. He buys her this gold bracelet. They're having like a senior party at somebody's house and he's going to confess his love to her. And he w- walks in because he, he walks in and he asks where uh, this girl is. And his one of his friends goes, oh, I don't know. I think she left. She's not here. And the one of their nerdy friends goes, oh, no, she's in the kitchen. I just saw her. And the dude slaps the guy because he told him the truth. So he walks into the kitchen and she's making out with Damn. his friend. And that's how the movie ends. And it breaks oh. it breaks his heart. Yeah. Seriously? Yep. Oof. And yeah. and it's 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 awful because the whole movie, they're trying to get him laid. That's the whole premise of that yeah. part. And they even take him to a uh a, 
a prostitute mm-hmm. and he can't get it up because he's the kind of guy that he needs to have that emotional that connection, connection. Yeah. where his friends are degenerates. Right. right. So he can't get it up for the prostitute and she makes fun of him, mm-hmm. you know, call him little boy, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And the, it, 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 it's fucked up. And then they all end up getting crabs from her, which is hilarious. But oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, but those were all the movies that we saw in the eighties and it's the worst one of all. Mm-hmm. And people, for some reason, try to think that it's cool is revenge of the nerds. Yeah. They, Oh, they're the underdogs. They're the oh, unwanted. Right. And then the movie ends on sexual assault. Yeah, I know. And, He's the hero? Well, you know, and, it's, and you know what the thing is, is that they're using the whole underdog um, narrative right. to make it, make it that's okay. Yeah, but because, even yeah, though it was yeah. a complete lie and consent violation, I mean, you did get off. Well, but, but, uh, oh my gosh, I'm in love with a nerd. Uh, time out. Right. But, but, but no, what I'm getting is that, like, I'm looking at, the, I, uh, I was watching that movie the other day, and... It blows my mind. Okay, so you know that that classic line from The Dark Knight. You you see yourself uh, as a hero long enough to become the villain. Yeah, that's Revenge of the Nerds because yeah. by the end of it, the Trilams are no better no. than the Alpha Betas. Yeah, yep. they are just as misogynistic. Yep. They are just as toxic. Well, because all they were trying to do was look at women naked yeah. and trying to get laid. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the whole premise of the that only part. difference is that they're nerds. Yeah. yeah, and like you have the Trilams who are like the athletes and everything. It was like you. Bo- both no, Alpha Beta was the athletes. Alpha Beta. Then I say Alpha Beta. You said Trilams. Trilams were the nerds. nerds. Right. Yeah. 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 But anyway, um, so looking at that, it's that yeah, you two are you two groups are no different from each no. other. You're well, both. It, it just it reminds me of that one line from Family Guy: Kids, kids, kids. You're both terrible yeah exactly so and again going back to that's the examples that we had the most sensitive guy you saw on television or movies was tony danzen who's the boss yeah (laughs) i I like i liked his character he flipped the script on like the social norms exactly and it was a complete opposite of his uh character from taxi Mm -hmm. but going back to what i was saying it was always over sexualized and the sexualization of women was even worse because again all these movies it was all the hard bodies and and it was trying to show you and this is where i think a lot of toxic shit came out from my era mm-hmm. the women had to be super hot mm-hmm. had to have a banging body mm-hmm. which although a lot of women had long backs if you know what i mean uh, <laughs> and they would wear these bikinis that were all up their ass mm-hmm. you know and that was the epitome the fake boobs and had to be you know that was what a woman was and what was hot mm-hmm. and i think that's what did perpetuated that mm-hmm. so much so that michael kane as much as i love him he started this movie that was awful not awful because it was a bad movie but the premise of it blame it on rio so oh good so the sensitive quiet girl and her ultra hot best friend Mm -hmm. are going on a trip to rio with the their fathers michael king was one girl's father the shy quiet girl yeah and then the dude from uh joe no joe anyway you know what i'm talking about uh joseph bologna Yeah. yeah he was the dad to the the hot girl and the whole movie is kind of a, like Lolita. Mm-hmm. The the young hot girl is trying to seduce Michael Caine. And he ends up sleeping with her. And this is supposed to be a young girl. I don't even... Yeah. I don't remember if she was supposed to be underage. Yeah. But she was a young girl. So yeah. it showed that, that same toxicity. And it was... I think it was awful movie yeah don't get me wrong at the time i was a kid and they showed girls boobs well yeah i was in it was demi it was demi moore and her friend and everything that's who it was demi Demi moore Moore. yeah yeah 
and the other girl that she was Mich- the, Michelle Johnson. That she yeah. ended up being the Russian girl from Austin Powers with the boobs in the water. No, no, the Italian one. No, 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 no. That's the, a that's a different actress. That is was, it? That was a uh, Fabiana Uyeno. Oh, okay. Uh, probably butchered but, her name. Uh, but anyway. no, but that was like her only big role yeah. was Michelle Johnson yeah. in Bramlon Rio. So, so, but anyway, so it just showed all that toxicity. And moving into the '90s, I think it kind of changed a bit. But we'll touch on the '90s, yeah. Jay, when you talk, because mm-hmm. I th- honestly a big part of it was the in 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 the 80s to be like a rock star you had to be ultra womanizing mm-hmm. motley crew mm-hmm. poison all these guys mm-hmm. you know all, the most sensitive band of that time was bon jovi and actually poison mm-hmm. and honestly that's what killed my rock and roll dream yeah i was working in it for capital records mm-hmm. and uh my band thought this was our our way to get a contract but one of my so in it you frequently have a technical manager and then a manager who drives you from the business side well my business side manager was the assistant vice president of a and r so this is a guy who actually identifies talent and signs them right and one day he said um i haven't had the talk with you have i and i said i i don't think so and he went through this process where he just said you are never going to get a contract with this company ever and you know the deal was they were only signing guys who were six foot tall plus, right. mm-hmm. who weighed 145 pounds, yeah. and had hair down to the middle. Well, of the yeah, head. slash so Axel Rose, that's a, the, Adon- the, the Adonis looking. Yeah, that was yeah. 85. That's all. That well, not the Adonis. It was the heroin chic kind of looking dude. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And it, going to so Poison. Honestly, the first time I saw Poison's uh, album cover, you thought they were women. My brother showed it to me. I was yeah. like, "Dude, those are some hot chicks." He's like, "They're all dudes." I was like, "Yikes!" <laughs> it's just like it's just like a, what's his face, uh, Pete Burns from Dead or Alive. Yeah. You spin me right yeah, 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 around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, going well, going involving into the '90s, mm-hmm. I think the grunge era was kind of what flipped it and Actually, changed it a lot. Yeah. And the more sensitive guy became yeah. the star. I'm gonna tap into that yeah. once we get oh, into that. Era. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, I grew up in a very toxic environment and living as I did and how I feel inside, it was completely awful for me. And the only, honestly, the only safe haven I had was, uh, unfortunately, my mentor who recently passed away. Mm -hmm. He was the only one that showed me that you can be your true self, Mm -hmm. but I had to disguise it a lot. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think why in, in high, not high school, because I had one girlfriend Mm -hmm. from my freshman year until after I graduated. Mm -hmm. She didn't go to school with me, but she was my only girlfriend. She's the Mm -hmm. one I lost my virginity to. Mm -hmm. And, but after that, I kind of went a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I moved to Florida with my father. Well, actually, first I had an experience with an older woman. I was 17 going on 18, and she was 26. And we were together for like a year. And that was my forte into like older women. And for the, from, to, from the time I was like 18 to the time I was 23, I was nothing but with older women. And then at 23, it kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. And they were all younger women. But anyway, and again, I felt that so much toxicity, because I worked in a construction field. I worked on cell phone towers. Mm-hmm. I worked in an office that was all women, but like five, I worked in a mailroom, mm-hmm. and it was five, ten guys. Mm-hmm. And we worked in the facilities department that had about 50 women. So my goal was to try to sleep with as many of them as I could. Mm-hmm. And it's not a healthy goal. I'm not saying that's okay. But that's the that's what I had. Those ingrained in and it took exactly. And I had to take so long to break out of that. Mm-hmm. And a big thing that changed it for me was becoming a father mm-hmm. and having daughters. Because I wouldn't want my daughters treated that way. Mm-hmm. And it, little by little, and it took me probably well into my thirties to kind of completely erase that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
And it, it, it's fucked up because that's the way I was raised and that's the way I was taught. But I didn't feel that way inside. And that's the worst part. Mm-hmm. I, 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 were, I actively completely different of what I felt inside. It's so funny. I felt exactly the same thing. And I have this, I have the way I want to be. Right. And I open my mouth and something completely completely different yep. comes out i'm like exactly where the fuck did that go you, you 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 get so used to lying that you start to lie to yourself yeah and you don't become your true self and it took me well into my 30s and hell even a little bit when jay met me because mm-hmm. peter you touched on it before and i'm gonna wrap it up with this my second wife i've been married twice my second wife uh we were in a kind of sort of open relationship quote unquote not that we would experiment with partners outside However, we had girlfriends. Like people try to call us swingers. They're like, no, 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 no. We date girls, but we date girls as a couple. We don't date girls separately. So she couldn't be with a, like a partner by herself. Neither could I. So if it was someone we were dating together, like a triad, we we couldn't. We wouldn't date them. We wouldn't sleep with them. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot, we lost a lot of friends when we came out like that. You know, because people can't wrap their head around it. Yeah, so, but I mean, you gained a lot of friends. Some guys, <laughs> some guys, I think some guys were jealous of it mm-hmm. because they're like, wait, you get to hang out with two women because they were jealous of it. And then their wives, they, you could see it in their eyes. They kind of wanted to high five me. But the when their girlfriend, but when their girlfriend or wife were like, that's disgusting. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah disgusting. So, uh, so we, we, we skipped a whole trope here about guys who think lesbians are sexy right. f- for them. Lesbians are sexy to each other, but you know what lesbians find sexy is kissing next to the U-Haul truck. You know that they're using to move <laughs> no. into their mm. new apartment but yeah, together. You no, know, no, like, yeah, that was that's a big trope with with males, toxic mm-hmm. males too. Mm-hmm. It's like they see lesbian porn and they're like, "That's hot." Mm-hmm. I said, "Dude, they're gay. They don't right. want you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but anyway, uh, I thank God that I broke that curse. Well, I thank the universe uh, that I broke that curse that I had. And now I'm in a healthy monogamous mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. and that toxicity I've completely eliminated. For, and when I find those old ideas and thoughts creeping into my head, I have to look at them and go, yo, how about you shut the fuck up? Mm. But anyway, with that, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us and stay tuned for part two where we hit up the 90s and the, well, the gen, well, the millennial mm-hmm. and the gen Z. So we'll gonna well again join us for that second part and again thank you for mr hand jay and jorge we want to thank you guys for hanging out stay tuned for the next one and we will see ya Just listen to the Minorities Report from Make It a Combo Productions. Executive produced by Jesse and Junior. Check them out on all platforms. And don't forget to follow our other podcasts, Am I a Slut? And Make It a Combo. Thank you and goodbye.